Well, now that we've had some time to digest that loss to Wisconsin, we're going to take a look at maybe an underlying problem with this Hoosier basketball team. Also look at bracketology, where the men's and women's teams stand uh, heading into this weekend, and then preview the women's game against Northwestern tonight. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Thursday, February 17th. This, as always, is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for all IU athletics uh, news, analysis, previews, recaps, everything in between, interviews, we try to keep it fresh around here. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers part of your day, and specifically your first listen every day. Uh, just a reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we premiere the shows at 7 a.m., so it can be part of your morning routine. You guys can head on over there, join other Indiana Hoosier fans talking about the day's happenings. Uh, as I mentioned today, we're going to look at maybe a, an issue with this IU team that isn't the X's and O's or on-court stuff and uh, how Mike Woodson can try to overcome that. Then we'll take a look at some bracketology. Hoosiers are firmly on the bubble at this point uh, on either side of it, depending on where you look. And then the women's basketball team looking to move back up to a two seed and bounce back from their loss to Nebraska on Sunday. Uh, they will be in action against Northwestern tonight, so we're going to get you previewed for that. As always, though, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts at. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. So the issue, or an issue, with this IU team, and it's one that's hard to... Um, really explain it's something Mike Woodson talked about I didn't talk about it after the game because I was to be honest I was very frustrated I was all over the place I listened back and I had the schedule all wrong at the end of the year we've played four of the five teams uh, that we closed the season out with I know I butchered that but I was frustrated Brad Davison got in my head too um, but I didn't want to talk about it as well because it, it kind of deserves its own segment it's just an interesting quote Mike Woodson had. I'll, I'll share the quote first. Uh, talking about the team, they're kind of looking over their shoulder again and past years, how things have happened to them coming down the stretch. Uh, I've got to help them get over that somehow. That is very interesting because that is basically a reference to the previous years where the Hoosiers hit kind of that middle, late February stretch, and everything implodes. Last year, they lost their last five regular season games and the Big Ten tournament game. Uh, the year before that, they lost three of their final four games, though they would have been a tournament team if not for COVID. Uh, the year before that, they had separate uh, big losing streaks, seven-game losing streak, and then a five-game losing streak right at the beginning of February. It stretched through the whole month. Uh, and before they went and played in the NIT. So it is, it, it's a common thing that keeps happening to this Hoosier team. Um, 
And it's something that Mike Woodson, it's baggage that Mike Woodson is going to have to deal with. Uh, I, I don't think it can be said enough. And I, I know people get frustrated by the quote because Mike Woodson again said on uh, Tuesday night that he, these guys are still learning how to win. And while we can look at tangible things that they're doing differently uh, to close various games, it's still a process of learning how to win. This is not a group that has played together. This is not a group. There is not a single player on this team that has played in an NCAA tournament game. So you, there's still a lot of learning this team has to do together. It's a first-year coach coming in with a bunch of players that uh, are coming to IU for their first season, a bunch of contributors that are coming to IU for their first season, and a team that he, the core he's building on is one that is used to imploding in February and not going on a stretch run to go into the postseason strong. They're used to the exact opposite, where you go into the postseason limping and trying to survive and be on the right side of the bubble. So it's something that he's dealing with. And I thought Zach Osterman did a really good piece on this in the Indy Star on Wednesday just kind of addressing as well the the vibe the fans kind of give off. And I don't mean this to, to badmouth the fans or try to tell you how to be a fan at all. I'm nervous watching these IU games. I have a sense of dread. And when there's 18,000 people in Assembly Hall that share that same feeling, it's just the vibe that's going to come off together, just this collective anxiety or kind of fear of what's going to happen. Um, and that is kind of how I felt it was against Wisconsin. Uh, aside from the times that everybody in assembly was trying to fight Brad Davison, uh, there was just this kind of, especially late in the game, this frustration and expectation of the worst. Um, just the, the kind of noises you, that the, the groans, I guess that would come out when it was, Xavier Johnson shooting a three or Trey Galloway um, that gets in guys heads. But again, like I can't sit here and say, I mean, I'll sit here and say, don't do that, but I can't sit here and say, I wouldn't be doing that uh, when I'm sitting at home watching these games. It's not excitement. I have whenever Xavier Johnson shooting a three or Trey Galloway for that matter. So um, it's just this collective vibe around the program, around the team, around assembly hall right now that, Mike Woodson has to break. He, You have to change the expectation with this team from one that is expecting the worst to one that uh, is expecting to win these types of games. It's going to be a challenge. The good news is that it's, it's important to keep perspective, but it's also going to be a stretch run that you can you can conceivably see it going well. And that there's a lot of qualifiers I have there, but you can see this going well because, as I said, the net or four of these five teams they're going to play, they have beaten, they have beaten Ohio State, they have beaten Maryland, they have beaten Minnesota, they have beaten Purdue. Rutgers is the only one on there they have not beaten, and that's a game they should be winning anyway. There's a there's optimism. There's things you can look back on and say, look, we beat this team doing this, whatever it was on that particular night. 
uh, and you can point back to that and try to build off that. I, it's important to keep perspective. It's important to realize this is a process. If you would have told me in July that the Hoosiers would be 16 and nine, seven and eight in the Big Ten with five games left and uh, on the bubble, I probably would have taken it because I didn't know what to expect with Mike Woodson's first year. The expectations changed at times after some of these wins that Purdue win, probably in particular, that moved them to 14 and four. Yeah, since that, they're two and five, but still, this is a team on the bubble for the tournament and still has destiny in their own hands. Like, if they win out, they're in the tournament. If they go four and one, I think even three and two, they're probably in the tournament. So, this is still a team that can can leave a or can make the tournament and can kind of leave a foundation to build on moving forward, which I think is the most important thing about this season uh, in the future, kind of moving forward. The, the legacy of this team is going to be kind of building that foundation. Now, as I said, the Hoosiers are on either side of the bubble, depending on where you look at. We're going to look at the men's and women's basketball bracketology, figure out where the Hoosiers are. They are going to be able to sit out this weekend for better or for worse, but we will uh, take a look at that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, football might be over, guys, but basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, players, per, player performance props to where the next coach is fired, where they might land, BetOnline.net has all that for you and is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball they have either. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you guys get your podcast. You have to do a little bit of searching right now. As you guys read this, there might be updated bracketologies out, but a lot of the main places did not have them as I went looking for them on Wednesday night. So you had to kind of look around a bit. Joe Lenardi has not released one on ESPN's website since... Uh, it would have been Monday, I believe, uh, trying to count backwards. Uh, so a lot has happened with the Hoosiers and other teams since then. Uh, he released a, he had a tweet that, um, I, he, he had an updated bracket, but it's not on ESPN. His tweet had Indiana in the last four buys, which is good news. That means there's still a lot of wiggle room for them and they can maybe afford one more loss uh, and which I would think would be coming with Ohio State. Uh, if I'm trying to be realistic, I don't expect that to be a win. So Indiana, TCU, San Francisco, Iowa State are your last four buys. Oklahoma, Creighton, Memphis, and BYU are your last four in. If you're rooting against some teams on the bubble uh, and hoping that they struggle, you're going to want to root against Oregon, Michigan, San Diego State. You'd want to root against Rutgers, but he tweeted this before 
they went on and beat Illinois on Wednesday night. So I would assume Rutgers is on the other side of that bubble now. So your Oklahomas, your Creightons, Memphis, BYU, all those teams you're going to want to be rooting against this weekend uh, because the worse they do, the more secure it makes the Hoosiers. But that is where Joe Lenardi has them. He's always one of the more accurate ones, definitely the most experienced bracketologist out there. But uh, he has the Hoosiers a little more securely in than other places. Delphi brackets may not be a place you guys are very familiar with, but it is a place that continually gets very, very accurate brackets. And um, if there's a, a short explanation, there's a website that, kind of keeps track of how accurate brackets are, keeps it and ranks them year over year, and then kind of three-year, five-year accuracy ratings. Delphi Bracketology always ends up very high on that list. So I use them as a reference as well. They tweeted out tonight, Purdue was a two-seed, Notre Dame's a 10-seed, Indiana is among the first four out. Uh, so maybe you should also be rooting for Notre Dame to play well because that makes IU's resume look better. Uh, but most importantly, you need to be rooting against teams, various teams on the bubble. He did not provide any more information, at least in that tweet, as to who is and isn't on the bubble. I gave you guys a lot of names, um, maybe the most familiar ones. Michigan, you're going to want to root against them. Um, and Rutgers still, though, Again, they beat uh, they beat Illinois on Wednesday, so maybe that one is um, a little harder to root against right now because they they have the big win. Uh, Michigan plays uh, tonight against Iowa, so you're going to want to root for Iowa tonight. It is at Iowa, so um, root for uh, the Hawkeyes tonight. You're looking at uh, Oregon as well as San Diego State. So uh, if you guys are night owls and you want to watch some basketball, uh, be sure to root against some of those teams as well. Oregon plays tonight at Arizona State, which is expected to be a close one. Uh, So hopefully the Aztecs pull that out. San Diego State doesn't play until Saturday at Fresno State. Ken Palm does not project them to win. So it could be a favorable weekend for uh, the Hoosiers, though, um, there it, everything changes so much. Oklahoma is one, among the the last four in. They lost in overtime to Texas. They're going to Iowa State. They're not projected to win that one by Ken Palm. They're only projected to go two and three in their final five games. Um, so this is <laughs> as bleak as it is for Indiana. Uh, it is that way for a lot of teams. Uh, Creighton is projected to go one in five in their last six games. They are on the bubble as well. Uh, So as bad as you're feeling about Indiana, just know that there's other teams that are in uh, the same position and are uh, just as worried. Memphis is among those teams. They're expected to go three and two down the stretch. Uh, They have a couple of big chances for, Big wins, though, that would get them off the bubble, I'd imagine. BYU is the last team among the last four in, and they will play St. Mary's on Saturday. I'd be stunned if they win that one, but then they have two cupcakes to finish the regular season. So 
Hoosiers need some help this weekend, and hopefully uh, a variety of teams can provide that help. If you look at women's college basketball, uh, this ESPN one, which is really about the only one you can find because women's bracketology is not nearly as available or common as men's. Charlie Cream updated his the morning after IU lost to Nebraska, which is really the important part for the Hoosiers. They are securely a three seed still. They're the top three seed. They're in South Carolina's bracket right now. That I'm making the assumption South Carolina is the number one overall seed. I don't think it's a big leap there, but Indiana is the top three seed. Interestingly, uh, Michigan is still a two seed, even though the Hoosiers have the conference lead. So it'll be interesting if the Hoosiers are able to see out the Big Ten season, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, and pick up a win. It'll be interesting to see uh, if they move up to a two seed. But uh, it seems like it's going to come down to Indiana and Michigan for that uh, two-seed spot there. I'd be surprised if both of them get it, though it could happen depending on how various other teams uh, finish out their season. Hoosiers need a bounce-back victory, though, tonight as they take on Northwestern. It's going to be an interesting game because, speaking of Michigan, they lost uh, to Northwestern. That was Northwestern's last game out. So uh, we're going to preview tonight's game, see uh, the likelihood of the Hoosiers bouncing back for a win here in just a moment. So Indiana will host Northwestern tonight, 6 p.m. Uh, at Assembly Hall. Obviously, it'll be on the Big Ten Network. Hooray, hooray. Uh, the Hoosiers will be on the Big Ten Network. It's going to be an interesting game, as we said, because Northwestern comes in fresh off of a um, win over Michigan. They are 14-9 and on the season overall, 6-6 six and six in Big Ten play. It's been a very kind of hot and cold year for them. They do have a win over Iowa as well as Michigan. Uh, they've won three of their last four games, but... That comes after a four-game losing streak that they had, so it's not a um, it's not been a consistent season for Northwestern, but they're still a dangerous team. That we ever, IU fans saw firsthand how good that Michigan team is. Obviously, they got up a bit more for that IU game, but uh, they IU fans saw firsthand how tough that Michigan team is. Uh, Northwestern needed double overtime, but they were able to come away with the win at home. Um, I believe it was on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, uh, they came away with that win. In that game, uh, really a balanced effort, but Jillian Brown had 18 points. Courtney Shaw had 16. Veronica Burton had 13 points and 13 assists. Would you look at that? Uh Individually this season, um, a lot of those same players are right at the top of the scoring leaderboards, but it is Burton who is averaging 17.9 points per game um, and dishing out the assists this season, over five assists per game. Uh, Kaylee Walsh is the second leading scorer at 8.5 points. Uh, she played only 10 minutes on 
uh, or in that game against Michigan. Courtney Shaw is at 8.3. Leah Hartman is at 8.1. Hartman went 4 of 11 in that game, had 10 points. So Burton obviously going to be the the focus of this IU defense, um, but... There's a lot of different players that can hurt you. Uh, all those four names I mentioned or those three names I mentioned all averaged uh, at least eight points. And we saw uh, that a number of different people are able to kind of lead the way for Northwestern. This is a this is a big stretch of games for the Hoosiers. Uh, that Northwest This Northwestern game at home, they'll host Iowa. Uh, they'll immediately go to Iowa and go to Maryland to wrap up the season. So... Very important to win these last two games. It's very important to win every game at this point because as is, if the Hoosiers win out, they are your outright Big Ten women's champions. Uh, going into tonight, they are 10-2 and two in the Big Ten. They are the only team with two losses. Michigan has three losses. Ohio State has three losses. Maryland has three losses. So Hoosiers are coming into this one again controlling their own destiny they can win this big 10 outright which is certainly a goal that they've had uh but it is going to take a big performance down the stretch uh back-to-back games against iowa are coming Uh, iowa is 10 and 4 this year and then obviously maryland we saw earlier in the season maryland has struggled a bit this year but it's still maryland and it's still kind of a bugaboo team for the hoosiers so They're absolutely going to have to earn this. No word on Mackenzie Holmes. At this point, it feels like she could return at any point. Originally, it was the last week of the season. Depending on when your calendar starts, the last week of the season starts on Friday for the regular season. So uh, this very well could be the point that she returns. If not, it could be over the weekend, but... Fingers crossed, because with McKenzie Holmes, this is a a much different and a better team, obviously, uh, than the one that has fought valiantly without her. All the credit to them for picking up some huge wins without McKenzie Holmes, but I'm sure Coach Morin and the girls, or the ladies, I should say, excuse me, really (laughs) would welcome McKenzie Holmes back, so... Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We're going to be back tomorrow to recap this game. Uh, We might bring in a special guest to talk about the men's team as well. Now for your second listen today, Locked on Bets has you guys covered with everything you need uh, when it comes to gambling. Hosted by your boy Q, expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate all the love you guys continue to give us. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. It's real quick. Helps us out a ton. Leave a rating while you're doing that. Again, real quick. Helps us out a ton. Most importantly, uh, have a great Thursday, guys. Uh, Go Hoosiers and LEO.